So, Paul, it was good, wasn't it? I mean, should we just pack it up now? That'll do, right? It was good. That'll do. We'll call that a podcast. Well, look, uh, it starts Lukaku, uh, Martial and Rashford and Mata in uh, number 10. <laughs> All the sweets. And, uh, and and it was good. United were sensational at times in, in an attacking sense, at least after about 15 minutes. I, I just, I'm still sort of deliriously happy. So that's the first game I've been to since the Palace game we went to together. Um, and... It's by far the best game I've been to this season because actually United weren't very good against Palace, really. And the other one I'd been to was Leicester at home. But this was just... It was just all the good lads scoring. Like, when I saw the team, I just started giggling uncontrollably because you you can't believe what you're seeing. When it says, you know, you're reading down the team, oh, Lindelof's starting, that's interesting. Then, then you get to Pogba and it's like, oh my goodness. Then you see that he's playing Mata behind the magic triangle. And, uh, and you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to do that against Barcelona away, but... Yes, I- you would. It'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, you didn't see Ferguson dropping one of Cole or York, did you? Barcelona away. Well, okay, so if we're talking nineties Barcelona away versus late two thousands Barcelona away. Fair to say, Ferguson took a slightly different approach to those two things. Uh, no, but you know, it was it. We took advantage of the fact that Newcastle are not very good and absolutely smashed them like they weren't even there. Yeah, I mean, although. To be fair, I thought Newcastle started the game brightly, and their goal wasn't totally against the runner play or anything. You know, they they uh, they attacked well down the wings on a few occasions before their goal, and uh, and you know that's what earned them the goal. Really, a good run from uh, Yedlin and cut back and nicely slotted away. But after that, that was it. Newcastle done. United uh, clicked into gear, and Pogba was sensational through the middle. And the front three were liquid. All the way through, weren't they moving around? I mean, the game finished with Lukaku on the right wing. Uh, I think uh, Rashford played up front at no- number 10 and on the left. Mata played at number 10 and on the right for part of the second half. At one point, United were playing a 4-2-4. Uh, <laughs> all the forwards going forward. So uh, While winning as well. like That's the other I, thing. I, I, I'm thinking Mourinho's had a stroke or something. This it's can't last. <laughs> it can't it's a temporary brain fart. And, uh, you know, we've got Arsenal Arsenal away in City to come. So, you know, we'll be back to seven at the back, I'm sure. But uh, for the moment, for the moment, thoroughly enjoyed that. It was uh, very entertaining. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the main man. They were saying, listen, we've got to be a bit mindful of the fact that, yeah, OK, it's all fallen apart since, um, since Pogba went, but we can't just assume that everything's going to return to normal service and we'll be smashing four past everyone we play just because Pogba's back. Uh, But in fact, in fact, no, it turns out that we can, in fact, assume that and we will just smash it four past everyone once Pogba's back. He was absolutely magnificent yesterday. Uh, He was um, just a level above, isn't he? You know, just uh, great on the ball. Suddenly gets United playing much quicker because he's prepared to hit the longer pass um, and drive forward with the ball. And he's making those third men runs uh, and uh, a sensational bit of skill for, for United's equaliser as well. You know, show the, show the <laughs> defender the ball. Oops, no, you don't. <laughs> it's great. And uh, uh, and his goal as well. That was a you know number eight run, wasn't it, from deep. 
Um, beautiful piece of play from Marcus Rashford. Yeah, all round great, great performance from uh, Pogba. Just gave United a great amount of balance, and um, you know, it all seemed to click again, didn't it? I mean, it does help that Newcastle just aren't very good, and and yeah, you know, we better teams that aren't very good. Now Pogba's back at least. Um, but you know, I think I think there's almost no negatives from that game. Eh? Lindelof got a full ninety. Massa um, had a, had a run at number ten. Showed what he can do. Made a lot of very intelligent runs in space. Uh, Martial and Rashford both attacked with pace. Lukaku got a goal. Um, he needed that, didn't he? I mean, got three for Belgium uh, during the international break. Um, the only the only downside is uh, a lack of a clean sheet. But even then, it was a, it was you know Martial. Martial didn't track back uh, with the runner. Uh, so that's, you know, uh, I'm sure Mourinho will be reminding him about that one. But, uh, you know, it was a very, very good run from uh, Yedlin down the right and a, a very good cutback and a good finish. So, you know, it's not not uh, not horrible as a goal to concede. But apart from that, all positives. Well, I mean, the horrible part of that goal was Victor Lindelof, of course. Um, like th- that big... Well, he got wrong-footed. I, I don't know whether he was horribly out of position. He wasn't tight enough to the... To the uh, the guy coming onto the ball, I guess. Well, I guess when you fall over and concede a goal, it it's always at least a little bit horrible. Um, but I think, and and you know, you were saying no real negatives. That that would just be my one kind of caveat. It was really unfortunate for him, but it was good to see him growing into the game as it went along. In fact, um, we'll do an early rank cast question. Um, friend of the show at Cal Gildart says, uh, "Do you think Johnny Lindelof would be more composed and slip aside? He was half decent on Saturday if he weren't always playing alongside Smalling." I think is an interesting point about Lindelof's development because he hasn't got to play a lot with the slightly more composed, maybe better leaders in defence. True, yeah. I mean, I actually haven't I hadn't taken much notice of who he'd played with. Has he mostly played with Smalling? I guess he has. You know? if, if Cal says it, I'm assuming it's true. Yeah, um, I think there's enough about Lindelof to suggest, uh, you know, he'll be okay. Yeah, he's having a tough season, sure. At least defensively, he still looks good on the ball, doesn't he? He's very composed, um, and this was a good a good game for him to get some time. Uh, I mean, it brings up the the point about um, the the player who was missing, I mean, Eric by injured, but the uh, the one that Mourinho had a rant about uh, was um, Phil Jones, who apparently had six pain killing injections uh, before a friendly. We, I mean, and I agree just... with Mourinho on this one. That is ridiculous. It's it's madness. It's it's dangerous. It's like um, it's uh, it's negligent on the part of the England medical staff. It's well, it's it really is disgraceful. Yeah. It's uh, and honestly, like, isn't that a violation of the Hippocratic Oath? Like, I don't. Do, do doctors in England take the Hippocratic Oath? Is that just American television? That I've learned <laughs> that from. No, I, I think all doctors know. do. But but um, I mean, you know, it's not uncommon for players to play through some pain and and uh, and have some have injections. And and Mourinho said it himself. He said, like, I've you know, he, what did he say? I'm not a saint. I'm not a saint, or I'm no angel, or one of the other. I'm no, yeah, I, I've done this myself, which you know, which is true, and. Um, you know, I guess they do push, push the players, but this was friendly. Absolutely no reason for this um, at all. None, none, and no wonder players pull out of of international friendlies all the time. You know, it's going to encourage it, isn't it? Surely, you know, all the managers are now going to say, "Well, Southgate plays you if you're even if you're injured, so you better have a fake injury instead." Yeah, I mean, people have said like, "Well, Jones has got to take some responsibility," but I think the 
the young man who's been mollycoddled all his life is probably not the person that you that you're expecting to make those decisions. It should be the kind of senior people. Oh yeah, but also, what message does it send out if um, if uh, he's got a bit of an injury, he can play? Yeah, um, and he goes, oh no, I don't, I don't really feel up for it. No, exactly. It's 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 really it's really messed up situation. And like Mourinho said, that but he's a no saint. He's done it himself, but only for really important games, get big games in the league, maybe finals, that semi-finals, that sort of thing. But you'd never even imagine in a million years doing it in a friendly. And I, I, I totally agree with him on that. I also totally agreed with him on his team selection against Newcastle. And, and it paid spectacular dividends. One thing I'd like to do is talk through all of the goals individually because each one of them had their own sort of unique charm. So the Martial goal... The build-up to it, like United had kind of really started to grow in that game. I wasn't worried when we went 1-0 down, I have to say, because the one thing that looked very evident was that Martial was going to cause them all manner of bother down the left-hand side. And for some reason, Rashford kept kind of flying across to the left to back Martial up, which was kind of interesting. So you had all three of Mata, Rashford and Martial heavily overloading down the left but that's not where the goal came from first goal came from Pogba doing that brilliant bit of skill on the right and a lovely lovely header from Martial like put it in exactly the right spot um yeah I I mean he lent on the defender as well you know some some refs might have called that one but um uh yeah got up high above above the right back and and a perfect perfect header right into the corner and then the second goal we need to talk about the uh, wages to assist ratio. To <laughs> uh, yeah, an absolutely beautiful ball from the one-trick pony that is uh, <laughs> Ashley Young. I mean, that is his only delivery, um, but but perfect, absolutely perfect. Uh, bizarrely, who scored man of the match? Ashley Young. Like I don't know what's going on with the uh, the the um, algorithm there, but. Uh, he pipped Paul Pogba in spite of Pogba getting a goal and an assist. Yeah. Totally wrong. The who scored algorithm is not the AI that's going to take over the world and kill us all. <laughs> no, it's not. Although we would all be killed if the who scored algorithm took over the world because it would make terrible decisions all the time. Um, but the the that that ball was lovely and it was interesting. Um, I had said to someone as a joke when the team came out well a defender's definitely scoring today because we've got like 17 strikers on the pitch of course you're going to get goal from a defender but we did and it was it smalling had sort of weirdly stayed up after the corner had broken down and, and it was you know it was a goal technically from open play with chris smalling at the back post um yeah i mean you got two wingers at fullback yeah you know a an eight and a half or whatever pogba is <laughs> yeah. playing in central midfield um, uh, well, one matters in his natural position, I guess. Two strikers on the wings, and uh, all all over the place. And and Jose, you like really flipped around the the uh, formation. I mean, they went four four two for a long period of the second half. Um, and then uh, Zlatan came on, and Mata was up front. Zlatan at ten. Zlatan, Zlatan at ten, and uh, Lukaku on the right wing. It was all, all very weird. You just, but, uh, you, I guess uh, it was uh, it was pretty smooth as well. You just said Mata up front when you went Rashford, but the brilliant thing about no, that, no, for the last ten minutes or so, Mata's the furthest player forward. Wasn't Mata so, not on the pitch for the last ten minutes or so? Oh no, that's true. That's true. Well, the last the last sort of ten minutes of him being okay. maybe five minutes of him being on after. As Latan came on, um, it was it was odd, uh, but fun. It was it was super fun. Um, the third goal, the third goal. I'm just trying to think. 
I think that's the goal of the season so far. It's like... Well, Mata, Mata sweeps it out to the right and... Lukaku's Lukaku cuts back onto his left foot. Yeah, he, he has only got one foot, hasn't he? The thing about that, uh, though, just, like, as has been widely pointed out, when, you, when you're watching that break and Lukaku is so far ahead of the play, but Rashford's, like, absolutely pegs it to get to the back post like he he's, he looks like he's going at fast motion and or he's going at normal speed and everyone else is in slow motion on the on the video from certain angles like he's so so quick Rashford uh, gets the back post and what he does when he does get to the back post and the delivery is inch perfect and the cushioned header it's like just a moment of pure football genius from Marcus Rashford that Oh, just yeah, beautifully laid on for Pogba, who obviously couldn't miss. There was a there was a piece in the uh, was it the Mirror or the Sun um, after the England game, and uh, how many go at Marcus Rashford saying uh, uh, this isn't the time for Southgate to experiment uh, with kids like Marcus Rashford and, and named a few of the others. I was like, you what? You what? <laughs> um, uh, Marcus Rashford, uh, absolute certain starter for England um, next summer, I'm sure, you know, because because of stuff like that, not only can he score goals um, from central or wide, but his the intelligence in his play is uh, outstanding. You know, he's really becoming a, a complete player. It's happening really quickly as well, because this should be big time second seasons. I guess it's his third season, isn't it? Well, it's sort of two years on, isn't it? from not even two years since he kind of made his breakthrough because the Michelin game was after Christmas, wasn't it? So right. um, not even two years into his senior career and he just, like you say, complete player is the word. I mean, of course he makes mistakes, but he's young. He's absolutely allowed to do that. Um, and then the the final goal, just proper icing on the cake stuff because Lukaku really, I mean, he'd scored for Belgium, which was great, but he really needed a goal and he'd had a couple of decent headed chances not anything that you'd say oh my goodness how has he not buried that because you can never really say that with headers um but uh there was a moment when he like he'd waited a long time before he shot and you're like oh no Romilly don't overthink this one son don't don't think yourself into trouble here kid uh but he didn't absolutely he, he absolutely hammered it although he would not be feeling good about himself if he'd stuck that in rose would he? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but you could see him like going right i've got a lot of options here what am i gonna do i know what if i just absolutely roof it and he did um was was great uh and just and of course that was late on in the game when when the lion returned i'm, I'm i must say i find all the lion stuff a little bit on the uh horrendously cringy side but you have to say, at 36 years old, to come back from an injury like that more than a month ahead of schedule <coughs> is ridiculous. Yeah, remarkable. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, some... Uh, I, I was going to say he's some player, but it's, it's more than that, you know. He's uh, the discipline to work that hard, uh, as, as he showed everyone on social media from the time to time. But he's obviously worked really hard to get back in time. And I think um, he, he will play a part, you know. And uh, I suspect what we saw when he came on is a little uh, hint of what's to come. You know, he may well play more at 10 than 9, um, uh, you know, depending on what part he plays uh, for the rest of the season. But I'm sure it will be a significant one, you know, and he's uh, he's intelligent enough to do that. 
Definitely. Well, there's an interesting question, isn't there, in terms of what we saw in that game? Because in a way, he didn't go to number 10 quite as soon as I thought he would, because initially it looked like he'd gone up front with Lukaku out wide. Um, of course, it was all very fluid. But I did see a few people sort of freaking out about Lukaku being played out wide. But he's really good there. I mean, I'm not saying we should play him there every week by any stretch of the imagination, but he can't half deliver across from that flank. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure... Um... He's quite as sort of dynamic as uh, Martial and Rashford. Uh, we didn't really mention Martial, but I thought he had an excellent game as well. You know, and, and the goal was great. Just and uh, um, uh, But just, you know, uh, pretty disciplined apart from, of course, the Newcastle goal, which will be the thing that Mourinho won't be happy about. Um, uh, but uh, also great on the ball and uh, constant threat. And, you know, wasn't it nice to have all three of them in there? It was brilliant. Uh, the Jay Stand uh, adapting the Viva Ronaldo song to uh, Marshall and Rashford running down the wing. Ian United sing Marshall and Rashford, which was very enjoyable. Um, I, I hope that catches on. Um, I think there's every reason to think it will, so long as Mourinho plays Marshall and Rashford more than once ever. I mean, I think he'd... He's gonna he's gonna do it again in in games against teams he thinks he can win. We might get it again next Saturday. To be honest, wouldn't be a complete shock, would it? No, against Brighton. Yeah, I mean, you know, a game that United would expect to win for sure. Um, and so, yeah, maybe we will. I mean, uh, I, I guess it depends on what the European team is as well. Uh, well, um, after the uh, listening questions, we'll come on to doing some uh, as ever fully in depth yeah. previews. With deep analysis and research. That's what we're famous for, not. Um, Yeah, yeah, about the Basel game. But, you know, I wonder whether there might not be quite a loss of changes because United have effectively qualified, although top spot's still up for grabs. Uh, Are we going to see Luke Shaw? Is Luke Shaw going to play football? That seems seems far-fetched. I I, kind of hope so. Then, yeah, I mean, he was on the bench uh, yesterday. Not that he saw any game time. I mean, um, I, I, I mean, I, maybe Mourinho will do it if only to signal to everyone that Shaw is fit and so he can sell him. Yeah, because I, I have essentially given up. It's just too late now. I think it's a, it's a big shame. I'm sad about it, but I've stopped. I've stopped hoping when it comes to Luke Shaw because it feels like emotionally safer to stop her to stop hoping at this point. Um, it was really uh, fun at Old Trafford. I, I, there was quite a little, quite a little buzzy atmosphere at periods. Obviously, periods where it was flat, and I couldn't hear the Stratford end. But you just never can when you're on the other side because of the because of the roof. Um, and so I don't know what it was like on on that side of the ground, but on around by J Stand, it was it was buzzy. It was it was lively, and and even a couple of songs from K Stand, like it was 1996 or something. Very enjoyable. Uh, yeah. Uh, K-Stand always used to give yeah. us the song. Uh, loads of really aggro Geordies as well. Really, like, weirdly aggro. Another one of those teams that has a one-way rivalry with Man United, I think. Yeah, we're always everyone's biggest rival. Or second biggest, at least. But Newcastle, uh, a one-club one town. Um, I suppose they've got to be uh, rivals with someone. Sunderland, you know, Middlesbrough. Sunderland. Gateshead, <laughs> some other teams Hartlepool. in the north. <laughs> yeah, Stockton on Tees. 
Do, do they have a team, um, Stockton on Tees? I've no idea. I'm just naming places in the northeast. They probably do. I mean, um, yeah, every every uh, every town in uh, in the country's got a team of some kind. Yeah, uh, except Warrington, right? Is it Warrington that's the biggest town in England that doesn't have a professional football team? Wow. This th- we've gone we've gone a long way off track. I blame myself. Um, the uh, the thing about watching Anthony Martial play football is that it's just electrifying. Like there's so many times when he's got the he, the assist he um, provided. I don't even know who scored the goal because that was not important against Germany in midweek for France. Was just amazing. It was just Martial on one side of three German defenders, and then he beats them all and cuts the ball back for a goal. And again, against Newcastle, there were so many times when it felt like the ball would inevitably be taken off him. But then, in fact, it was not. And he still had the ball. And he makes stuff happen all the time. And Yeah, uh, Marcel, uh, sensational, sensational uh, in midweek, sensational for United. Uh, What a player he is. I I just, you know, I'd really like Mourinho to find a way to get him in the team every week. You know, he's too good to be sat on the bench most weeks. Well, it's not most weeks anymore, is it? It's happening more and more. He's kind of, feels like we're seeing plenty of Martial at the moment anyway. Hmm. Stockton Antis, uh, Northern League Division 1, uh, promoted last season. Oh, good good luck to the... St- St- Stockton Town Football Club. Good luck they, to yeah, the Stockies, as they're presumably called. The Stockies. Yeah, yeah. They have a, a big game against uh, Washington AFC next week. Uh, I'd rather a long way to fly <laughs> yeah, for a game. Seems to be, doesn't it? Um, anyway, all in all, just a triumphant, joyous Saturday afternoons football, Saturday evenings football. Um, and, of course, it doesn't prove anything because United's problem this season has clearly not been an inability to put four goals past bad sides because literally that is just what we do now. Come to Old Trafford. Seven seven times United scored four That's this ridiculous. season. It's absolutely amazing. It's just, you know, it's wonderful. Like You kind of go to Old Trafford basically expecting United are going to score four goals most weeks and... Unless we're playing someone yeah, decent, exactly. in which case it's going to be eight at the back and uh, not going to be And that's goals. the big problem. And and even when it's not eight at the back, as it wasn't against either Tottenham or Chelsea, the quality of performance was so worrying. And and in that respect, I'm not actually sure that Pogba being back does fix everything. You know, I, I think we haven't had enough demonstration that Pog was going to be the key difference maker in all those big games. Now I'm not, that's not a knock against the player, but that he needs systemic support in those games. Yeah. And that might still not be there. I mean, it will be interesting to see what happens in the window. I mean, word being that United haven't got a lot of money and maybe Mourinho will find some by offloading. I don't know, but um, it's uh, it does feel like it's a work in progress still, but um, by then it could all be over anyway, and and maybe you know United's focus will be different. So eight points the gap now feels pretty substantial, doesn't it? And then the the derby on December the ninth, and should United lose that one or drop more points in the games to come, because there's some tough games to come, then you know we could be looking at a double figure gap by the turn of the year, and I don't think United will make that one back. So everyone will be then chasing just chasing Champions League. Um, and maybe the priorities change a little bit. Who knows? Yeah, of course, the flip side is that the derby is an opportunity to close the gap as well. I mean, that's a very obvious point, but it is true. We we could 
It could be kind of bringing that gap down to five points and then proving to everyone that City have chinks in their armour. I mean, hey, let's 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 not get ahead of ourselves. I'm not saying I think that's what's going to happen, but you know. Excitingly this week, we've got not one but two fabulous competition prizes to give away. Um, and the first of them is, I don't really know how to describe it, Ed. We got sent uh, two copies of this, one as a review copy, one as a contest prize. So the book is called My Notebook. It's by Eric Cantona. You may have heard of him. And it is, I mean, honestly, I think it's glorious. Now, I couldn't recommend it wholeheartedly to every United fan, honestly, because it is extremely specific. But if you are fascinated by the inside of Eric Cantona's mind, then it's an absolute must. What what it is, to describe it, is a series of line drawings with captions. And some of them are kind of whimsical musings, and some of them are just straight-up jokes. Um, and uh, there's a lot of, of puns. Now, it's clearly been translated from the French, so because I speak a bit of French, there's like some of the jokes which are funny in French, and the direct translation doesn't make sense in, in English because it's a, a wordplay thing. Um, but but generally, like, I, I'm hesitating. I'm slightly umming and ahhing here because it is so hard to describe. Like, the line drawings are are very um, messy. They're not kind of precise by any means. They're, they're like cartoons. I described it as a sort of Gallic Gary Larson's far side if Gary Larson wasn't, like, a really skilled artist, you know. That's that's about as close as I can get as a description. So that's the kind of review part out of the way. Um, if you want to win a copy of this, then then we've got a competition for you. But in fact, my notebook is the runners-up prize for this competition. The uh, the star prize is a beautiful print of Old Trafford, an A3 print um, from uh, Matthew Wood. Uh, which is at Matthew J.I. Wood on Twitter. Um, I'll definitely be retweeting him and and uh, check out my Twitter to, to find him. But it's at Matthew J.I. Wood. He's done some beautiful football stadium prints and the Old Trafford one is absolutely lovely. So um, a prize well, well worth w- winning. And because... Nice. Be- How do I win? Because there's a sort of arty vibe to this, um, I thought what would be good is if basically whoever does the best... United themed cartoon. So just draw, huh. draw a cartoon. It does not have to be, believe me, Eric Cantona has just proved to all of us via the medium of publishing that it doesn't have to be like an amazingly skilled drawing or whatever. It just has to be a funny idea. Um, make it at least vaguely family friendly if you want a chance of winning. Because that's going to be important because we're going to put it... It depends who's judging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really does. Um, but basically what I'm asking is that I can retweet it. It's got a, that's, that's the threshold it's got to meet. Um, but yeah, so just draw a cartoon. It can be like on a little scrap of paper and you take a photograph of it on your phone. It can be in Microsoft Paint or, you know, in one of the many kind of drawing apps on a, on a phone. It really doesn't have to be like artistically incredible or whatever. Just try and make us chuckle. And the star prize is this beautiful Matthew Wood print. And uh, the second second runner-up prize is, um, is Eric Cantona's weird and honestly like properly wonderful book 
Excellent. Good stuff. And it's unfair that I am not allowed to get that print. Uh, or the book. <laughs> it just sucks, doesn't it, Ed? It just absolutely sucks. Um, yeah, very good. What, nice, nice, you... nice to have a competition. Actually, I, I promised the lads at Art of Football that we'd do a, a compo um, for, to win one of those T-shirts. So perhaps we'll do that next week or for Christmas or something like that. Um, yeah, magic. And, uh, and uh, yeah, very good. I think because we're doing because because like the cartoon is like somewhat involved or whatever, I'm gonna say that we'll set a deadline for um before the what's the game after Brighton? Watford. MUFC. Yeah. So before the Watford game kicks off, that's when that's when you've got to get these cartoons into us by. Very good. Good luck. Good luck. Thank you very much. And a massive thanks um to Eric Cantona, uh, but to Matthew Wood in particular for for allowing us to give away one of his absolutely beautiful prints. Definitely check him out at Matthew J. I. Wood on Twitter. Surely Eric should have come on the show to explain his book. Uh, when I say I tried, I tell you I tried. Did you beg? Was it humiliating? No. It, you should I have begged then. <laughs> Unfortunately, as the publisher said, we have very limited time with Eric. As we all know, time with Eric is fleeting and passes too soon. As always, for those of us who've uh, spent moments with Eric. Um, and all of us who watched him in his all-too-brief tenure as the king of Old Trafford. Uh, should we take some listener questions? Let's do it. Um, at Econi's, yes, Pogback, but just how good is Marcus, Marcus Rashford? Awareness and unselfish play for Pogba's goals, unbelievable. He's great. He's a great player. He's a great player. He's uh, he's much more than the player the the stats nerds think he is, uh, and the stat nerds are waking up and even dare I say it, doing a little bit of after timing or after gaming post gaming on what they said in the first place. Well, the thing is, you know, all the models are dynamic, so um, I, I'm, I'm going to defend the stats nerds here. It, players evolve, get better, you know. How how many players are? Uh, it, you know, their careers are exactly as we would have predict, predicted them when they were 18. Not very many at all. And and Rashford is maturing into a very, very fine all-round player. All right. At Big Shimmery Wall says, In 94, Pallister, Cantona and Kanchelskis were three-syllable outliers in Come On You Reds with the likes of Ibrahimovic, Mkhitaryan, McTominay, Fosu Mensah and Tuan Zeve, which artist would be up to the task of putting together a new United song, name-checking the squad? And I think the answer here is extremely simple. It's clearly Stormzy. Yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> I mean, it's got to be grime, isn't it? You can't get it in. There's no way you could do country with five syllables in Ibrahimovic. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. No, Stormzy, all day, every day. Um... The amount of times I would buy a Stormzy Man United single is frightening. If not buy, at least stream a lot on Spotify. Um, at Jamdonut84 says, Do you guys think that Mata should be an integral part of this team? I'm convinced he's one of our best players and unfortunately got overlooked at number 10 by Moyes and Van Hal. I mean, I think our position on this is clear. I mean, you briefly suggested that you would transfer your anti-Rooney agenda to Juan Mata at the beginning of this season, but you've not been able to follow through on that, Ed. Because... It... <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do know that I was, yeah, course, uh, I was uh, tongue firmly in cheek on that one. I know that. I won't have my name slandered like that. 
Um, unlike when you uh, suggested Johnny Evans was the fifth best defender on the planet. No tongue anywhere near your cheek. Did I? Did I suggest that he was the fifth best defender on the planet? Prove I'm wrong. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, yeah, no matter. Well, he is an integral player. You know, he's placed a lot of minutes. Um, I think the uh, the issue is he plays a lot of minutes wide, but he's a very intelligent player there. I just, yeah, it feels like number 10 is a spot that's up for grabs. You know, uh, Mkhitaryan has not had a great season, uh, at least not a great last two months, which is most of the season so far. Um, uh, you know, you can't say he's definitely nailed down number 10 spot. Ibra may come in and play that role. Uh, Jose clearly likes Lingard there. I think uh, Rashford could play there very, very easily because uh, he's that intelligent. Um, but Matt is the only truly natural number 10 uh, in in uh, in the squad. And he just happens to be a very old-fashioned one and not the kind of player that... Um, that Mourinho wants there. I think he wants a player who carries the ball uh, and finds that that um, you know breaks down the discipline of opposing defences. But you know he's a super super intelligent player. And I tell you, when you don't need a number ten who's going to carry the ball to break down defences, it's when you've got Lukaku up front, Mart- Marshall on one side, Rashford on the other side, and Paul Pogba in midfield. So to see mm. to see Mata at number ten in that setup was brilliant. And amazingly, shockingly, surprisingly, it worked brilliantly. So Mata didn't necessarily do anything flashy or spectacular, but. He was really effective all the way through that Newcastle game in that system. And and it's such a natural place for him in that side. Um, But talking of players who are competing for that number 10 role, um, at level two, Rogue says, will Pogba's return fix Mkhitaryan? And I think the short answer to that question is no. That is my take, my hot take on the Mkhitaryan situation, is that the people putting the blame for his form at the door of Pogba are looking for a nice solution to a problem that I don't think has nice solutions. Yeah, um, um, Mkhitaryan's a hot and cold player and he's just been quite a lot of cold, you know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that he's a number 10, you know. He's a kind of modern number 10, isn't he? You know, he, he likes to play. Um, you, you'd kind of see him as a, uh, a more of a shadow forward than a true midfielder in there because he's so bursty and loses the ball and takes risks and and when he's off form that all looks really horrible so um, I I wonder whether he's just better coming in from the right if he's going to play but um, uh, Jose I guess decided that he was going to give him a good run at number 10 this season he he gave him probably three or four games more than a lot of people thought he'd get you know given how bad his form has been maybe not four games but um you know, and and uh, he got dropped yesterday, and, and rightly so, on form. Still got five assists this season, mind you. Yeah, they were all in the first three games of the season, though. True. Which is a bit of a problem. Um, at ABC MSAG, Alex Dixon, friend of the show, says, how disappointed were you that the prophecy was denied? And uh, then he, he links to a uh, streamable link, and it is uh, Zlatan's bicycle kick being saved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> such a shame but my goodness like he was pretty I mean obviously the game was totally done by then and it the whole air of the atmosphere changed into just Ibrahimovic's testimonial basically every touch he made was cheered um, he at one point did this beautiful pass where he flicked it over someone's head which was kind of the second best thing he did but the that bicycle kick legitimately should have gone top corner Pogba tried one in the first half as well so like all the good lads trying trying scissor kicks. Uh yeah. Good stuff. Uh, did you see um 
Uh, I can't remember what, uh, Alva Church, I think it was. Somewhere in the Midlands, isn't it? Um, uh, if you haven't seen that one, the uh, striker controls a long punt forward on his knee and then uh, does a bit of keepy-uppy and then uh, sort of semi-scissor kick swan in while falling over into the top corner. Outrageous goal in non-league, non-league <laughs> definitely, football. Definitely have to check that out. Um, at the curse of Chris with a question that I think is really interesting. Minus those who came back from injury, is there one player you think who had a fine game that had previously been struggling against Newcastle? And I'm not sure I would say there's one player who'd been previously been struggling, but Lukaku, Martial and Rashford all benefited so much from Pogba being there, especially Lukaku. Because how many times have we said in the last six weeks, Lukaku looked really isolated? He never looked isolated in this game. Yeah, I think Rashford's not really had a great month, uh, has he? And uh, uh, let's hope the Pogba's return is the sort of stimulus to to kick on because United have actually got a pretty tough period coming up. Uh, Twelve games left this uh, year, um, and you should uh, really need to be winning, you know, almost all of them except for the European ones, I guess. So, two more questions. Um, a really interesting one from at Lucas uh, underscore M United saying. How many players are we short of to fight City for the title? Yeah, I mean, it's um, uh, it gets a bit thin, doesn't it, in central midfield without Pogba. So that might be a player short. Maybe one uh, alternate option from the right-hand side up front. Um, and then fix the central defence. You know, not that United actually concede a lot of goals, but... Um, obviously, Jose's not happy enough. Otherwise, he wouldn't park the bus when he come to comes to games against the big teams. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think, and a left back, a left back, or or get the one that we've got working. I think really we need a new right back to be really serious because I, I do think Valencia's fine when he's on form, but there's plenty of time when he when he isn't, and it it causes a lot of problems with our attacking balance and he wastes an awful lot of really good opportunities in possession. I kind of still find him quite frustrating. So I think to be, to really take it up a level, I would say maybe, maybe new fullbacks on both sides, one more in central midfield. I don't think we need anything more at all in attacking areas. Although, you know, Bale, Griezmann, one of those kinds of players could, could change the, the kind of overall level of our attack. Um, but I'm not sure that's what's desperately needed. And then the final question from at our underscore O underscore M, Scott from Republic of Mancunia says, do you think we play better with Pogba or without? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just He doesn't add anything, does he, Pogba? It just, um, my favourite thing about that is the sincere replies to that tweet. Many sincere replies going, this question doesn't even need to be asked. That's... <laughs> um, this week uh, The Sun believe that if you want boo, uh, repeated by a bunch of other rags uh, claiming that United will try and sign Gareth Bell and Antoine Griezmann how do you fit those two into uh, Pogba uh, Martial Mata Rashford Lukaku Bale at left back we do need a new left back um, and Griezmann could play in central defence, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> well, we played two central defenders yesterday, so, you know, maybe that's one too many. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it was essentially a 2-1-7, wasn't it, yesterday? Was... Never mind all the 4-4-2 business that he swapped it around to. Um, so, 
Uh, talking of January, Marwan Fellaini delaying signing a contract could be a free agent in January. I, I actually uh, don't really... I mean, all the kind of... I think somebody said, don't let the door hit your trees and branches on the way out, which on your leaves and branches on the way out, which made me laugh. But all joking aside, I don't blame him at all for wanting to go somewhere who plays every week. It's he's you know he hasn't got that many years of his career left, and whilst it's all very well to be a kind of squad player at a top club, he knows he's never going to be a first name on the team sheet type. And there's a lot of clubs where he he would play every week. So yeah, is he is that what he wants, or is it just uh, negotiations over how fat the contract is? Well, I hope it's the former because that means he'll leave. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see. You know, it's. Uh, uh, I presume United wouldn't do anything about selling him in January because um, uh, making 10 million quid or something is uh, a lot less than uh, United would lose if they didn't make the Champions League and he scored some vital goal uh, to make sure United were in it or something, you know, and um, Jersey's not going to want to reduce his options in the winter. So um, if that's it, that's it. I, I suspect he'll sign a new three-year contract at some point in uh, in right. the spring and we'll all be a bit disappointed or he'll be sold in the summer and United will have just protected their asset. You say, um, you say uh, we'll all be disappointed. We'll all be disappointed apart from the significant minority of Reds who won't have a word said against him because he really tries hard when he plays. And he does. Yeah. He does really try hard. And he does offer something unique and different. But also, be good if we had a better player than him in his place in the squad. Uh, So I asked, uh, how many did you give about Fellaini leaving on free? Uh, The poll results, the all 2,307 of you that voted, 30% said no, 25% said zero. Someone did point out to me that no and zero is the same thing. Yeah, that's 55%. In total, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. It was a joke. But, you know, hey. Twitter, irony is lost. 25% give one And 20% of people give lots of So perhaps yeah, I am so- uh, I'm unfairly representing 20% of the United fan base there. That, that's the thing. There, there's definitely He's definitely got fans. He had a flag in J-Stand with a Belgian flag on it. He got a lovely reception when he came on, which was nice. Because, you know, no no... No harm in big, giving him plenty of confidence. Um, but obviously there'd be no tears shed if he left by 80% of United's fans that voted in that poll representatively. Although like, I think Gallup count about a 1,000 votes as a representative poll, so it definitely smashes the mark for being representative. But the the demo... The- well, no, it's, it's not representative no. because uh, we sh- it should have been weighted according to the demographics of the United supporting population, yeah. um, which clearly is not, but uh, it is a good sample size. There you go. Um, so, uh, well, I guess we should preview what's coming next, which is Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, featuring my favourite manager that doesn't manage Man United in the Premier League, Chris Hewton. Seems like a lovely fellow. Lovely fellow, isn't he? That's what everyone says. It almost seems like an insult, though, doesn't it? You know, nice guy, nice guy. Um, well, they, they did very well last season, didn't they? That's right, and they're very, doing they're doing pretty well this season, you know, for a club that's just yeah. come up mid-table. Uh, good victory against Swansea yesterday. And um, uh, smashed West Ham a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? So, um, although everyone's been doing that, um, 
Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. Have we talked about Moyes to West Ham yet? Yeah, I'm just sure we did. <laughs> I'm sure that had happened like by last weekend because, yeah. And uh, <sighs> Can we just talk about it some more? What are they doing? Anyway, have they played yet? Have they played this weekend yet? No, they're playing Watford on Sunday. So uh, oh, okay. we're, we're recording this about an hour before they kick off. Okay. Uh, Watford, good side. Very good manager. Unlike David Moyes, not a good manager. <laughs> not not at all. Not even Very... near. Anyway, let's talk about Brighton. Chris Hughes, we... nice guy, has built a good side. And, you know, they've gone on a decent run, haven't been beaten in a few games now. Um, lovely new stadium after years of uh, playing at weird places. Um, that weren't actually football stadiums and a club that's really on the up. Yeah, and and very richly deserved as well by a supporter base that stood by their club when, you know, asset strippers and all that kind of stuff took over and they they had a horrible ride. They were, you know, I'm sure many, many of our listeners are too young to uh, remember when Brighton were a top flight club, but they they were. United played them in the cup final in 83, was it? Three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, Brighton took United to a replay. I mean, we smashed them in the replay, but... Um, they were they were a top flight club then, and it was not long after that that they got relegated and began a real serious tumble down the 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 tables when when they uh, when they lost a a championship playoff final some years later, and then uh, after that the season after that they got relegated, um, but they fought their way all the way back to the Premier League, and it looks like they're I mean it's too early to say they're definitely going to stay up, but they got fifteen points already. Um, out of the first 11 games, which is, you know, um, puts them eighth in the league at the moment, which is, yeah, yeah. anyone expected that. It's a very strange situation where the top six are the exact top six they're meant to be, but then comes Burnley, Brighton, Watford, Huddersfield. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Well, I mean, to, honestly, the top six is the top six, and I think any of the other 14 could get relegated, basically. You know, it's, it's I suspect it'll be really tight and... Uh, um, you know, Brighton have had a, a decent start, probably very good start for them. Um, and 14, 15 points at this stage of the season is pretty good um, with sort of what, they've, they've six played. or seven league games until the end of the year. And then, yeah, so they'll be, I, I would think they'd be pretty happy with that. So who are their big threats, Ed? Who do we have to worry about? Uh, well, you know, Glenn Murray, ageing Glenn Murray, scoring some goals up front. He's got he's got a few in the Premier League already this season. Uh, Pascal Gross is a, a very decent midfielder. Gets a decent amount of assists, doesn't he? Shane Duffy at the back, experienced campaigner, decent, decent player. You know, plays for the, the Republic as well. Oh, we that... saw him in the, uh, in the uh, World Cup qualifiers. So they've got some good so players. I went, I went out. About when Shane Duffy scored in the game against uh, Sweden, obviously, like, well, I say obviously, maybe it's not obvious, but because mostly because of the second captain's podcast, I end up wanting Ireland to win all international games because, you know, they'll be like, you definitely want loads of second captain's activity at the World Cup, basically. Um, but uh, was hoping they'd win and they went 1 0 up, was quite pleased about that, and then got back to find out they'd lost, what, 5 1, I think? 5 1 to Denmark, not Sweden. But Oh, yeah. sorry, yeah. And, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, of course it was Denmark because Peter Schmeichel, the day afterwards, saying, uh, running a poll on his Twitter account saying, who would you have, Christian Eriksen or Neymar? <laughs> yes. Well, we've already discussed this. He is the worst pundit. 
You see, you denied that. You argued that fact. But he is, in fact, the worst pundit. Uh, yeah, he's so bad. It feels like there should be a South Park episode about him. But um, it's, uh, yeah, anyway, back to Brighton. Decent side. And uh, you wouldn't expect them to do anything at Old Trafford. And clearly we're going to win 4-0 uh, because that's just that's what we do. Um, yeah, I mean, in a way, like, obviously we joke about how terrible our previews are, but this really does feel like a game that the the kind of only logical preview stance to take on it is this is going to be one of those home games at United where I, mean, I think Brighton are a, a better side than Newcastle, for example, but and maybe they can do something on the break. And obviously United's main enemy in these games is going to be complacency, but they are not going to be able to keep out our attack, I don't think. No, um, I don't think so. And they don't score a lot of goals. No, right. And yeah, and that's that's a kind of big issue for them. Um, but it is nice to see Glenn Murray scoring in the Premier League because obviously he struggled when he's come up before. And it's nice to see Anthony Knockhart, who had a little go in the Premier League at Leicester and then um, was absolutely brilliant in the Championship for Brighton um, and uh, is doing like is playing pretty decently and kind of he's cutting it in the Prem, you know, this season, uh, which is nice to see for him. Uh, of course, there's a game before that. Um, Wednesday night we go to we travel to Switzerland I guess they'll be they'll be getting ready to travel already they'll probably go tomorrow I suppose and uh, it'll be FC Basel in a game which is I mean you described it in the intro as a dead rubber and it's all but a dead rubber isn't it technically not but effectively yeah Pretty uh, it, it is and you wonder whether Mourinho might not uh, make a few changes as a result so I mean United United will want to win this group um, so don't I, I don't know I mean I wouldn't want to make nine changes lose the game and then have to get something in the final game against Moscow to guarantee qualification or guarantee top spot especially since that game comes between uh, City and Arsenal doesn't it you know you basically want to be able to play all the kids in that game if you want um, so, you know, a few changes, I would think. And uh, maybe some of those, all those forwards who played will, some of them will be rested. Maybe McTerrin will be back because, you know, he's he, he gets numbers in the uh, European games, doesn't he? You know, And uh, Basel been terrible in, in, the, uh, in the Champions League so far, although they won 5-1 at the weekend. So maybe they're hitting some form. So the, the thing about the Basel game is, uh, so we have 12 points, Moscow have six, Basel have six. But our goal difference is six goals better than Basel's. So we could lose both to Basel and lose our final game, which I guess against Moscow at home, which I don't think we're going to yeah. lose anyway, by the way. Um, and so long as the goal swing isn't six goals, um, then then we would still top the group. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, true. So if we lost them, both of them 1-0... Uh, drop to Basel would need to yeah score three or four against Benfica in the final game. Unlikely. Yeah, and so I think this is a game when actually it'd be interesting to see when when the Moscow game is in terms of what fixtures are around it because if we can, we just need to, City right, and Arsenal either yeah, side. So we just need to. We do need to get a point in this game, don't we? So then he really can just play make. 10, well, 11 changes for the Moscow game and count that as a kind of friendly and a kind of, you know, a, a fitness exercise for the fringe players and play Angel Gomez 
yeah, all that kind of malarkey. Absolutely. So uh, other teams United could face, obviously can't face any of the English sides in the round of 16, but uh, Group B tight between Paris Saint-Germain and Bayern Munich, although, you know, uh, Paris... Doesn't really no, matter which one of those. No, uh, Roma, Chelsea, Atletico in Group C, pretty tight. Uh, I mean, Atletico not having a great season, um, and uh, perhaps you know, perhaps they're dropping out there. Barcelona, Juve in Group D, can't play Liverpool, but could play Sevilla from Group E. Can't play City, but could play so- Shakhtar, Donetsk, or Napoli. I mean, probably Shakhtar because Napoli lost three games so far. So, so yeah. What- Basically, it doesn't make any difference whether we come first or second in the group. It makes almost well, no difference. Well, you'd like to play Shakhtar, right? Group B. Well, no, but that you're only going to play Shakhtar because they're in a group with Man City. So the only team that you could play from that Besiktas, Porto, Leipzig. Doesn't matter. Uh, Spurs. Can't play Spurs. Madrid, Don't Spurs. really want to play Madrid. Yeah, that, that would be a stinker, wouldn't it? Yeah, Win the group so, and uh, get Real Madrid, who suddenly suddenly hits some form or something. Or Bayern. Like, seriously, if you look at the permutations, this is a season where it literally does not matter whether we finish first or second in this group. I mean, unless, especially since it looks like there's a decent chance that Tottenham, City and Liverpool will all top their group. Um, I wonder what would happen if we finished second. I don't even know how the permutations of that would all work because um, there would only be very few teams that finished top that we could play. So what I'm saying is, uh, let me know if I'm wrong, listeners, but looking at the tables as they currently stand, I think we should just play like the under-17s against uh, Basel and Moscow <laughs> at this point. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's also something about momentum, isn't there? You know, wanting to win. But uh, yeah, I suppose if you play the under-17s, then uh, that's all right. Um, it doesn't feel like uh, you're stripping away. Couldn't really do that, but could play... A, I mean, you get a bigger squad in uh, in UEFA games, effectively, because you have the B list, um, of which there are quite a few uh, youngsters on that one. There you go. Sorted. Call me, Jose. All right. But we didn't really talk about Basel, but they're rubbish. So we, it's we uh, played them already, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah, four nil, three nil. We beat them three nil. We must have been slipping. We must have been like taking it easy in that game. Standards, standards. <laughs> yeah, not good. Um, we batter crap teams four nil. That's that's how it goes. <laughs> I'm going to predict a two nil win in this one because I think that, or maybe even two one. Actually, I think this might be a bit of a disappointing game because I think there will be a lot of changes and it'll be a bit stuttery. I wonder if we'll see. I wonder if we'll see quite a lot of Zlatan in that game. Actually, um, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's ready to play ninety, is he? No, he can't. He can't be. Yeah, you know, he's had thirteen minutes of competitive football in seven months. Um, I, I guess what I would hope is Pogba would be rested for that one. Although the fact that he only played sixty minutes makes me think maybe he'll give him maybe he'll give him a half or something against Basel just to keep his legs, you know, getting getting up. Yeah, and running. maybe. I mean, he he did say on Friday that he was going to manage his minutes really carefully, which is right. I mean, a hamstring injury, don't want that coming back. No, so ideally no Pogba and then so much Pogba against Brighton. Just maximum available Pogba. Um, Very good. Yeah. All right, predictions. Uh, I'm going to say... I mean, Brighton don't concede that many goals either, you know. Don't score many, don't concede many. So uh, let's call it 3-0 to United. All right, sounds great. Um, um, 2-1 against Basel. I'm going to say 2-1 and 4-0. All right. Obviously 4-0, obviously. 4-0 FC, you know. 
Four one FC, that, that works too. I think we've had three four ones this season, mixed in with all the four nils. Anyway, either way, nice to see Pogba back. Nice to see United good again. Uh, and I hope that we get to do two shows in a row where United were good. Because then after that, it's like Watford, Arsenal and City. And it's probably all going to go wrong again. But hey, that's miles away for now. Between now and then, enjoy the football. Enjoy the other aspects of your life. And we'll see you uh, in a week's time. Yep. Thanks for listening. See you next week. The Rankcast is produced by Tom Jenkins and supported by listeners like you. Head to patreon.com slash rankcast to find out more.